Like the books of the law, Joshua is chock full of typology. The many Christ connections are powerful. However, through Joshua's many military campaigns, the book also shows us how to live the Christian life successfully. Joshua is an important part of the map on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Three words capture the essence of theological meaning and Christian practice from this marvelous book of Old Testament history. Abundance, victory, and rest. Joshua pictures the abundant Christian life, the victorious Christian life, and our spiritual rest in Christ. From Joshua, we learn that the obedience of faith is the victory that overcomes the world and opens the windows of heaven from which pour the abundant blessings of God. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. It may very well be the worst battle plan in the history of war, but it was God's battle plan, and it worked to perfection. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and you're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Coming up next, Ron takes us to the book of Joshua. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the Israelites find themselves on the doorstep of their destiny. That's when God takes limited people and begins to do legendary things. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out our digital library, where Ron uses his 30 years of Bible teaching ministry to answer some of your toughest questions. From his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Joshua, Possessing the Promised Land. Well, we have been traveling on uh, what we're calling the ultimate road trip through the Bible, and we just completed uh, road trip number one which was our journey through the books of the law, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and uh, Deuteronomy. And now we've come to the book of Joshua. Uh, this begins road trip number two, and it really begins a, the second kind of literary section of the Bible after the books of the law. These are known as uh, the Old Testament historical books. This road trip is a little bit longer. The first one was five weeks. Uh, the, the Old Testament historical books are 12 in number, from Joshua all the way through the book of Esther. So a little bit longer road trip, but um, I think this will be equally profitable for us. Uh, Joshua picks up where Deuteronomy leaves off. If Deuteronomy um, contained about uh, 60 days worth of activity, 30 days of Moses sharing his farewell addresses to the second generation of Israelites who were about to go into the promised land, plus 30 days of mourning after Moses' death. Joshua picks up after that time, and the book of Joshua covers about 25 or 30 years as he led the Israelites across the Jordan River into the promised land to take possession of all that God had promised to Abraham and to his uh, descendants. And the book of Joshua, picking up where Deuteronomy leaves off, begins with five sobering words. Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> Imagine hearing that. You're Joshua. And the Lord says, Moses, my servant, is dead. They remind us that nobody, including Moses, is indispensable. Don't ever forget that. 
Don't ever get so tied to a pastor or a preacher and, you know, to think that, oh, or any kind of a spiritual leader, to think that they're indispensable. They're not. Moses is dead. Moses fulfilled my purpose. Now, Joshua, it's your turn. Don't linger too long on the past. Great leaders come and go, but God's plan always marches forward. The Lord says to Joshua there in verse 2, after just saying, Moses is dead. Now, don't dwell on that too long. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. Uh, what, what, a, what a promise there. What a reassurance to Moses. Now, if you read those two verses carefully, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see a subtle shift in the tenses that I think is important for us to grasp on the front end of our study of Joshua. In one sense, the Lord says, I am giving this land to you. And then he comes around and he says, I have given it to you. How, how, do, you, how do you, in a present tense, give it to them, but then come back around and say, I, I have given it to you? The past and present in the same, in the same verse there. Well, both are true. Simultaneously, the Lord has given us his most abundant blessings. They're our present possession. But at the same time, he gives them to us as we take possession of them by faith. And this aligns not only with the book of Joshua. Joshua, I've given you the land. It is a sealed deal. But over the next 25 to 30 years, you're going to have to take possession of it. And I am giving it to you. You could lay uh, Ephesians chapter 1 right alongside Joshua chapter 1 that talks about the heavenly blessings that are ours in Jesus Christ. We possess them, <laughs> but at the same time in our Christian experience, we take possession of them in the same way that we received eternal life by grace uh, and through faith. Now, Joshua needed some reassurance, as perhaps all of us would. I mean, he he followed uh, this iconic leader named Moses. He had trained under Moses for nearly 40 years. But you kind of get the sense as you read Joshua chapter 1 that he was shaking in his sandals a little bit. He had big shoes to fill. And uh, the pressure was on. Moses got the Israelites out of Egypt, but it fell upon Joshua to pick up the mantle of leadership and lead them across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. And if the Lord didn't say it once, if he didn't say it twice, I think he said it at least three times in the first chapter, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Joshua, be strong and courageous. The third time, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Because the taking possession of the promised land would involve uh, military conflict after conflict, and, and, and it took strength and courage and faith and... Um, and even some military strategy. Joshua was a capable military leader, but one of the things Joshua had to learn is to fight God's battles God's way. And that was never more evident than when he came to the first conquest, the city of Jericho. We read about it in chapter six. And Joshua was going to learn that he would have to employ some unconventional means to achieve victory at Jericho. Now, he was a great military leader, and he probably had his plans, but here's the plan that the Lord gave to Joshua. Imagine the Lord uh, sharing this with some uh, member of the, uh, 
you know, the, uh, the brass at the military. What I want you to do is to go to the city and take the people in the army and march around the city once for seven days, every day for seven days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times and then blow a trumpet and you'll win the victory. I can just see them looking at this, you know, strategy in the, in the hallowed halls of the Pentagon and going, you've got to be kidding me. But that was the Lord's battle plan. That was his strategy. And Joshua implemented it perfectly, and they won the victory at Jericho, of all places, a city that the Bible says uh, was shut up tight because word had gotten out that Joshua and the Israelites were coming across the Jordan to take the land, and uh, Joshua was a fortified city. Now, before we go any further, I've been talking about Joshua. Some of you may be wondering, who is Joshua? Uh, who is the namesake of this book? Let's back up a little bit and uh, remind ourselves of who Joshua was. We first learn about this guy named Joshua in the Old Testament when Moses appointed him to command the Israelite forces against the Amalekites. This is Exodus chapter 17. And apparently Joshua was well qualified to be a military commander. Some people ask, well, how, how did Joshua uh, learn his military strategy? Where, did he, where was he trained? Did he go to West Point? I mean, where did he learn all of this? Well, the most we can speculate is that as Joshua was born into slavery in Egypt, like one of the Israelites, he might have served in Pharaoh's army at some time and learned some of his military strategy. Whatever the case, by Exodus chapter 17, Moses goes to Joshua to lead a battle against the Amalekites. And if you remember, that was the battle where Moses went up on the hill and the Lord said, Moses, as long as you hold your hands up, those that are fighting in the valley will you know, win the victory. And Joshua was the commander in the valley. Well, Moses' arms grew tired, so you know, his brother Aaron and Hur stood on either side of him and held Moses' arms up, a wonderful picture of, uh, of prayer partners that come alongside a leader and lift them up. But Joshua was that leader in the, in the valley there that defeated the Amalekites. During the year at Mount Sinai, we learned that Joshua was... Moses' personal assistant. And then a little bit later, uh, we learned that he was um, the representative from the tribe of Ephraim when Moses enlisted 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, to go into the Promised Land on that reconnaissance mission and uh, kind of bring, bring back an intelligence report. Remember, 10 of them brought a negative report, and it was only Joshua and Caleb who brought back a uh, positive report. And then we learn at the, book of, uh, the end of the book of Numbers that uh, uh, just before Moses died, he, he appointed Joshua as his successor. So this is the Joshua of the book of Joshua, a brilliant military strategist, a strong leader worth following. However, I think his most important quality was he did what the Lord told him to do. He listened to the Lord's plan and pathway to success and prosperity in the promised land. And the Lord told him as much. It was very clear to him in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Let's read it together. Where the Lord says to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Friends, this is a verse you need to commit to memory. You need to hide this one in your heart. Uh, this this uh, captures 
God's pathway to success for any one of us. And it's interesting that the word success finds its way in the Bible here. In fact, in the King James translation of the Bible, this is the only time that the word success finds its way in the Bible. I don't know of anybody, uh, myself included, who doesn't want to succeed. Uh, maybe you're following a pathway to success from some uh, success guru that you're following, somebody who wrote some best-selling book that says, oh, if you do this, this, and this, you'll be successful. I don't know anybody who sets out to be a failure. Certainly Joshua didn't want to fail in his leadership, but he needed to learn to do things God's way. And the only way to learn how to do things God's way is to know his word. Up next, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And today's message is from Ron's monumental series called Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible at somethinggoodradio.org. Watch or listen to the entire series at your convenience in the Something Good digital library. You'll find that at somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, you can also download Ron's sermon notes for today's message. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Whenever you stop by, please be sure to share your prayer request with us by using the Explore feature at the top of the homepage, where you'll find the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. The book of Joshua is a story of the Israelites, their taking of and possession of the Promised Land. But ultimately, the book of Joshua and the entire Bible is all about Jesus. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Joshua possessing the Promised Land. The Lord said to him, this book of the law, listen, we just spent five weeks on it, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all the Bible that Joshua had, but the Lord says, master it. Read it, study it, memorize it, meditate upon it. He says, meditate upon it day and night. Don't let your thoughts ever drift too far away from my word. By the way, in Eastern mysticism, meditation is the emptying of the mind. In biblical Christianity, meditation is the filling and the renewing of the mind with God's truth. Consume it, friends. Devour God's word. Learn uh, how he expects you to operate and how he operates in this world until doing what the Lord tells you to do becomes second nature, first nature to you, actually. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have uh, good success, the Lord says to Joshua. Now, along uh, this Route 66 journey that we've been traveling, we've been making some Christ connections. I've been saying this is one story, one continuous story, and there's one main character, the Christ, who was to come, and they looked forward in faith, you know, the Old Testament saints did, or the Christ who has come, we know him as Jesus, we look backwards in faith, to his death, burial, and resurrection. Where is Christ in the book of Joshua? Oh, we could spend all day here. Starting with Joshua's name. The name Joshua means literally, Yahweh is salvation. And uh, it is the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek name Jesus. <laughs> Rabbi Yeshua, that's Jesus. 
And so the connection between Jesus and Joshua, Joshua is an Old Testament type of Christ. And just as Joshua led the people of Israel in their uh, conquest of the promised land, Jesus is our commander in chief, we might say, who fights our spiritual battles and wins the victories for us. No wonder the Apostle Paul said, after talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is our commander in chief. There's much more to the Christ connection in Joshua. For example, before the uh, battle of Jericho, get this, a mysterious figure appeared to Joshua on the eve of the battle. And he introduced himself as the commander of the army of the Lord. Now here's Joshua on the night before they're going to attack Jericho. And this figure shows up. He asks this mysterious figure, are you for us or against us? <laughs> and uh, the affirmation was, no, I'm, I'm for you. I am the commander of the army of the Lord. He must have been such an impressive figure because the Bible says Joshua immediately fell on his face to the earth in reverence to the man. And this mysterious figure, this commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. Now, where have we heard that before? Yeah, when, when, when Moses was before the burning bush and it was the Lord speaking to him from the burning bush and said to Moses, you're standing on holy ground, take off your sandals. That has led some to believe that this mysterious commander was actually a theophany. That's a theological term that means a visible appearance of God himself. Now, some people argue that according to uh, Exodus chapter 33, the Bible says nobody can see God and live. And so uh, some people then argue that it wasn't a theophany as much as it was an angel of the Lord who appeared to Joshua. But if this commander was God himself, then what we have here is uh, the ultimate of Christ's connections. We have the pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ right here on the eve of the Jericho battle. But regardless of who the real uh, commander is, he assures Joshua that he's with him. You know, no greater assurance comes to us in faith than even from Romans chapter 8 that says, if God is for us, who is against us? Uh, Joshua would go into battle against many, many enemies but he, he was assured here on the night before the Joshua or the Jericho campaign that the Lord, the commander of the Lord, uh, was with him. So, so Joshua, kind of like uh, the first five books of the Bible, are filled with all kinds of typology, all kinds of foreshadowings, all kinds of pictures and Christ connections. If we had time, we could talk in depth about Rahab. Yeah, Rahab, the Gentile prostitute, who uh, by faith kind of, hid the spies that Joshua sent in again to the promised land to bring back a report. And you remember the story uh, that, that Rahab uh, uh, ties a, a scarlet cord to her window and hangs it out there as a message to the spies. Some say the scarlet cord is a picture of the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. Why? Because of all people, Rahab ends up in the Hebrews Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11. She's also one of four unlikely women to appear in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1. Are you kidding me? A Gentile pagan prostitute? Oh, the grace of God. The grace of God to even reach somebody like Rahab. A beautiful picture, again, of Christ and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's also important as we're understanding the typology and the foreshadowing and the pictures coming forth from the book of Joshua to understand what the promised land is. We sang just a little bit earlier in a chorus, chorus, did you notice? You are my deliverer, you are my promised land. Exodus tells us that God, the God of the Bible, is our deliverer out of the bondage of sin and out of Egypt, as it were. But he is also our promised land. In what sense is he our promised land? Well, um, sometimes the, the beloved hymns of our faith, the Christian faith, lead us in, in the wrong interpretive direction because we could you know, look at the lyrics of some of our hymns that were written down through the centuries and they leave you with the impression that Canaan or the promised land is actually heaven. The passage through the um, uh, Jordan River to the other side is a picture of uh, passing from this life to the next life via death. Abundance, victory, rest. These are the blessings of the promised land, both for Israel 7,000 years ago and for you today. If you missed part of today's teaching or you'd like to hear it again, visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. None of us can accomplish God's will without a little help. Today, with your help, Something Good Radio will keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and expanded website, somethinggoodradio.org, and look for the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org, or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation of $50 or more, we have a very special thank you gift to share with you. 
It's Ron's book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volumes 1 and 2 can be yours by request when you invest $50 or more into the media ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get unlimited access to the Route 66 digital library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. For more information, visit somethinggoodradio.org. If Joshua is a picture of the abundant Christian life, it's also a picture of the victorious Christian life. And here's how. Canaan was full of Israel's enemies who already occupied the land. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, guess what? There were some uh, character qualities that occupied you that weren't very attractive. And the same was true of me. The promised land isn't merely yours for the taking. It's yours for the keeping. Join us next time for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Joshua, Possessing the Promised Land. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.